1: is going on happy people welcome in it is another friday night 1105 ish calm down ozzy i see your comments in the chat it's all right we're we're vaguely on time uh, roughly 1105 we usually hit here on a friday night for smack talk uh unfortunately guys no uh, dirty dutch tonight uh he is uh, feeling a little bit under the weather we uh hope that he gets uh, some sleep some much needed sleep he picked a couple of good shows to skip because I have a feeling he would have torn them apart anyway. Um, but we do hope the Dutch gets better. But we got me and we got SP3, and that's all we need for this 45-minute marathon uh, to get through both SmackDown and Rampage tonight. And SP3, I started off last week saying, you know what, all I root for is stuff to talk about. They didn't give us a whole lot to talk about between both <laughs> these shows tonight. This was three hours. I'm sitting here going what's the headline what happened like is it hit row is that it like that that's happy they're back but if that's the headliner that that's, uh, that shows you the three hours of wrestling we just watched
0: yes when destiny shall would No beyonce That's Hit Row with no Swerve Strickland. If they are the headline, if they are the headline act of this show, it ain't really good as far as newsworthy things. And, you know, no Roman Reigns on this show a uh, little little bit of build up to Clash at the Castle mostly the SmackDown Women's Championship got some build up with Ronda Rousey coming back and getting her best babyface response we'll surely talk about that nothing much happened on Rampage other than a great opening with Brian Danielson's return and a great promo exchange with with Daniel Garcia but other than that I mean the, the matches wasn't much to write home about except for setting up things for Dynamite and Rampage. So we're going to have fun, and we, we appreciate everyone joining us. Remember to drop the thumbs up on the video if you're watching us on YouTube. Drop a heart emoji, a laugh emoji, a like emoji. However, the last three hours of television made you feel. Let us know with those emotes because, I mean... Hit Row came back and Sunny Kiss turned heel. Those are the big notes of the last three hours. I was
1: gonna say we finally get Sunny Kiss on TV and her like the match is all like three and a half seconds, and then there's a heel turn at the end. I mean, all right, whatever. Uh, Ricky, not a fan of uh, Sunny Kiss's heel turn tonight, but since Dutch isn't here, all right, I don't have to play this like it's a Tarantino flick. I can just start at the beginning and go to the end here, and we'll just break down all of the shows feel free to get your comments in. yes for those who are tuning in tonight if you missed the announcement at the top of the show uh, Dutch is off tonight he is not feeling well hopefully he uh, will get some much needed rest he has been the anchor of this show he's been on pretty much every week unless you know technical difficulties being what they are uh, he has been on every week so we're going to give him the week off Sp 3 and I are here until about 1150 or so so let's dive into this uh, Sp 3 balances
0: out it balances out because Dutch will probably have to be the uh the force here for us. Well, no, you'll be here uh All Out weekend, but I won't because I'll probably be at Rampage for All Out weekend. So I'm 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 letting people know in advance, like three weeks in advance, I'm probably <laughs> not going to be here except for live correspondent midway through the show uh in three weeks because I'll be in Chicago for All Out.
1: Yeah, I think I'm driving up Saturday morning so it'll be a much easier for me to to do the show with dutch on september 2nd i do believe uh is that date so yeah uh it's gonna be a uh gonna be a good time uh for sure uh that weekend so let's start at the top here sp3 we dove right into a match right off the bat this women's tag team title tournament which uh i'm happy is here i'm happy they're actually doing it and the second I saw that bracket when it came out, I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to have some good that they're doing it. Oh, boy, the, the whole right side of that is a massive coin flip, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is, but we're getting Raquel and Aliyah and Shotzi and Xia Lee. This match had uh, had some moments, both good and bad, Overall, I thought this was a good showing for Raquel. I thought she got one of her better reactions that she's gotten since Uh, she came up to the main roster. I was surprised Aaliyah got as much time in the ring as she did tonight. Um, Maybe that's just Triple H giving her uh, an opportunity as she's not gotten a whole lot of in-ring work uh, under Vince McMahon's regime. So Raquel and Aaliyah come out on top here. I, I guess that was the right move continue to book Raquel up. None of this matters anyway, because Dakota Kai and EO sky are winning this damn tournament. Uh, that seems to be pretty freaking obvious. Doesn't matter who comes out of the right side of the bracket, but this whole thing is a massive coin flip. Raquel and Aliyah get the win tonight. What were your thoughts on it? Um, Okay,
0: we'll talk about the good. The good is, you know, Raquel Rodriguez looked strong once again after her good showing in the gauntlet match last week, getting four victories in a row. Uh she got to look dominant here with the big Tata bomb on Xia Lee. Yep. Shotzi was okay, but man oh man, me and Dutch, we talk about this every week. But Aliyah. I uh, I don't I know she's been a developmental for seven eight years and I hate to be you know critical of anyone but it just it just ain't enough to snuff for the main roster it just ain't like it I try my best but when she's in the majority of this matchup I just get disconnected because it didn't really look good in the bump she took on that double team that Lee and Shotzi oh, yeah she was really uh, did oh man it was really bad so this match had some good this match had some bad but like you said the the smackdown side of the bracket is not looking too good um i did like them hyping up nikita lions and zoe stark for next week that was yeah. a that was a cool thing to do basically i would say you know spoiler alert i think the best stuff on the show was pre-recorded it was vignettes and video packages <laughs> were the best stuff on this show because that was one of my highlights of the show is them hyping up zoe stark and uh nikita lions for next week so well, i hope they win and i hope we get a good match from raquel raquel nikita Lyons and zoe stark
1: so in the next round So I I said this on other platforms too, right? When this bracket came out, like I was kind of hoping the story would be here that Raquel was saddled with Aaliyah, right? Like she, she, she didn't, she needed a partner. This is who she got. Okay. You go stand in the corner and you be Lana and I'm going to do my work here and I'm going to power through this and I'm going to get us and you just stand there and we'll win tag team gold. That was kind of the story I was hoping that they would do with Raquel, and then they get to the finals, and Aaliyah tags herself in when she ain't supposed to, and then Dakota and EO beat up Aaliyah and win the damn match, right, as a way to kind of protect Raquel, but they're still not doing anything storyline-wise with Raquel, she's still coming down, she's still smiling ear to ear, it looks a little bit more natural. Like, I think tonight was just like, oh, hey, I'm getting a good reaction. So there was a genuine smile on her face. It wasn't that cheesy ear to ear stuff that she has uh, been doing where it just felt so forced. Um, so, I again, I, I just want to see them do something with her. I can't remember the last time she cut a promo other than being in this tournament, which is a nice thing to do. They're not. There's no character development. I still don't know who Raquel Rodriguez is. And there's not a lot of fans on the main roster who do know uh, who Raquel Rodriguez is. And And
0: I think that was the issue with this whole match in general. I don't know who any of these men are. Because they haven't done a good job of Explaining that so I think that's One of the things this new regime Under Triple H needs to do is We need to establish These characters the reason why the Smackdown Women's division feels so Weak is that we have no connection With any of them the Raquel Rodriguez that fans grew to Love in NXT ain't the Smiling Raquel that comes out every Week the Shotzi Blackheart Who came out on a tank and got Over in NXT ain't the Shotzi that we get every week here and the cool fantastic xylee entrance that we used to get we don't even get that. that any we don't get that anymore and the only thing we know about Aliyah is that she wins matches fast and she got locked in a locker room one time that's all we know about her
1: yeah man they did more tonight for nikita and zoe stark than they have for any four of these ladies since they came up and that's kudos to triple h because he knew look Nobody else from the SmackDown uh, audience is going to know who these ladies are. Barely anybody who watches NXT knows <laughs> knows who these ladies are. No knock against Zoe Stark, but she's been injured for how long now uh, at this point? Nikita, she's fairly popular on NXT. Uh, so again, hopefully we get a good match out of them. I, I hate to I hate to agree with you uh, on one thing because it's not like I'm I'm I tend to be overly critical of her, but. There was one point tonight where I completely just fell out of it with Aaliyah in this tag match, and it was right before the hot tag. All right. There was a really there was an opportunity for a really cool moment where Aaliyah's back in the corner. Zia Lee has got her butt basically to Aaliyah and she's on all fours. And I'm sitting here going, all right, now run, jump off of Aliyah uh, off of Zia Lee's back and dive and tag Raquel in and let's freaking go. Let's heat this up. Didn't do that. Bypass that. And then all of a sudden, like, I forget, however it was, she, she like ducks underneath Zia Lee and she has got a clear path to Raquel. No problem on her feet. And then she just drops down and starts doing the, uh, 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 like completely took me out of it. Completely took me out of the hot tag. It's just, I know that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to wait until the heels tag in first, but you know what? The, the timing just threw everything off there. Again, this match had its moments, good and bad. I do think the right team won here, mostly because that uh, Raquel definitely needed uh, to get the win here. I would not be surprised, though, based off of the promo that we got tonight or the vignette, the package that we got. I wouldn't be surprised if Nikita and Zoe Stark and make it to the finals at this point. It might be Raquel, but you could easily beat Aaliyah. That's a way to get Raquel out of there without, well, without her suffering at all.
0: Yeah, I think they've done a good job with Raquel, you know, with the victories in the gauntlet, with the victory here, that she's not going to lose much if Aaliyah lets her down. And hopefully, Aaliyah letting her down in this tournament is the catalyst to make her heal, because I think that's the only way we get assembling of the Raquel that got over in NXT.
1: If Sasha and Naomi are coming back, like many believe that they are, you don't need babyface Raquel at that point. You would have Liv, you would have Sasha, you would have Naomi. Raquel would be your fourth babyface. Yeah, Turner heel. Let's go. Let's let's ramp that up. Uh, for those who are asking, this is a very curious case. Got three people in a in a row here asking where Lacey Evans is. Why is she off of TV? They mentioned she wasn't cleared for a competition a couple of weeks ago. But now we start, you know, getting reports that Triple H has never been really high on her and there's not really any creative plans for her moving forward. And we, we, we've we talked about this ad nauseum about how her with the whole Sasha Naomi thing completely botched her her comeback from having a baby at this point. So I don't know what's going on with Lacey Evans. I don't know what to believe. I don't know if I'm to believe the reports if she's actually injured. I have no earthly idea what's going on with Lacey Evans right now
0: and like I can understand if Triple H is not as high on Lacey Evans as Visek Man is but Triple H use what's already there for you this is the only character that they established in the past like six months on the show we know who Lacey Evans is because they were actually building that character before you got in control so I would have kept it going even if she is not medically cleared she wasn't wrestling anyway so keep doing promo and keep the character up. At least yeah. that's one character. And then if you want to establish baby faces, have them go against L- Lacey Evans. And if you're not huge on her, have them have Lacey Evans lose to these baby face characters because maybe that will get them
1: some cheers. Yep. ozzy saying uh Rick Cardinals 36 Bengals 23. Who gives a shit? It was the preseason. Donald saying uh Toxic Attraction will cost Lions and start the tournament. I'm surprised Toxic Attraction wasn't used in this tournament right they didn't win uh the nxt tag team championships uh women's tag team titles in that fatal four way they actually did the right thing uh and gave it to katana and Caden uh, after like forever and a day of them not winning those damn championships after how many opportunities so good on them to do that i feel like mandy like mandy's supposed to be defending this title against zoe stark so it's weird that zoe's in this but toxic attraction isn't I don't know what they what the plan might be for toxic attraction. I think they should come up sooner rather than later. But again, uh, Mandy's got to drop that belt uh, first. Thing. I
0: feel I feel like yeah, they're they're waiting to bring them up as a trio. I think all, you know we're. I think the the end game of this whole tournament is probably to have, you know, uh, Bailey's group win the tournament, EO and, and Dakota, and then you have your John Cena CM Punk moment before Correct. SummerSlam 2011 with the Rifle. Uh, wwe women's tag team champions versus the the new wwe women's tag team champions you do the unified match at say extreme Rules, and then after that when it comes draft time That's when you call up toxic attraction and we get toxic attraction versus Sasha and Bailey. I mean, Sasha and Naomi, that would probably be something. And we would have a general direction for these women's tag team titles and a story that goes, you know, a few months. And that's more than we've done with these titles in three years. So I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, 100%. The interesting thing is going to be when they actually do the finals. Because unless it's going to be Dude dropping Nikki Ash coming out of the left side of the bracket, which I I don't think is going to be the case. We ain't getting these finals in Cardiff, so are we getting? No, them?
0: you're you're getting it. You're getting. This is what they do a lot, and I, I this is coming from someone that watches 1996, uh, WWF, uh, you know, Raw. They did this with the Intercontinental Title back in 1996. They had the Mind Games pay per view, and on TV they're doing the Intercontinental Title Tournament, and they did the finals on the Raw after that pay per view. This is what they do. It's that was also in September of 1996, and here we are. 26 years later and they're doing another tournament and they're going to pay it off the finals is going to be on the raw after clash clash at the castle and it follows up with what we were hearing from um the uh, fightful select report earlier today that the wwe draft is might be happening sooner rather than later as soon as right after clash at the castle so if that's happening you got a couple of big things maybe we get the announcement on the raw following clash that the draft is like the following week and then we can switch up these rosters.
1: It's it's <laughs> desperately, desperately needed. And you need, especially if they're gonna continue with the brand versus brand supremacy, which I hope they don't at Survivor Series. Like honestly I got ideas how they can revamp survivor series, but doing the draft in October and then survivor series three weeks later and being the battle for brand supremacy has never made any sense. And it really just kind of kills anything uh, going on with that pay-per-view. So let's move on here. Uh, We do get uh, a little bit of carrying cross tonight. Uh, It was a pre-recorded promo. Excuse me as I almost fall out of my chair there. Uh, I thought this was a rock solid promo. I love the story of him uh, kind of being the, the exiled talent, uh, coming back now to challenge the two chosen ones and and take them out in Drew McIntyre and, and Roman Reigns. I'll say this much about Karrion Cross, though, man. You either love him or you hate him. Like, I'm watching Twitter as this is going on, and I am seeing people saying either, this is awesome, this is great, this is the way that Karrion Cross should have been presented when he was brought up in the first damn place, or I am seeing, this guy sucks, get him off my TV screen. I'm 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 of the this guy's awesome. He's a star, future world champion. What am I missing from the this guy sucks crowd? Like, what am I seeing that they're not, or vice versa? Here,
0: I'm I'm somewhere in the middle where I did enjoy the promo, but I want the carrying cross that we got from his introduction in NXT to the Tommaso Champa first match. I want that. Carrying cross and yeah. not the carrying cross that got too hokey with the spooky stuff that you know he, he gets a fireball and a freaking contract to Keith Lee and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. all that
0: goofy goofy stuff like people think he got goofy when he got called up to the main roster no they just went over the top with the Mass and the BDSM outfit but the goofy carrying cross that started to lose fans happened in NXT under Triple H's watch so I think that. that's That's why I'm somewhere in the middle, where I'm just like, this is cool, but let's not get too hokey with it, like we did last time, because that's when you're gonna lose fans. So that's why I think he gets such a polarizing kind of reaction because people fear we're gonna get too hokey with this, and we're gonna have we're gonna have to have someone like an Adam Cole kind of call him out for being all smoke and mirrors.
1: Yeah. Um. Look, my hope is is they just book him as. Kind of like a, a, a Mad Max, right? Just book him as a a psychopath, like a guy who just lives off of carnage, but is also really freaking cool. Like that's that's just I thought tonight was perfect. I thought I thought these first two Smackdown appearances for him where he shows up, he kicks the crap out of McIntyre, he puts reigns on notice, and then tonight he comes out and he tells a, a simple story where he's intimidating. And he looks cool. He looks the part. I thought these first two weeks were absolutely perfect. I do agree with you on the hokiness. Let's keep the supernatural in the past and let's just move forward with what we've been doing so far.
0: I'll be honest. I know people are going to be like, you know, okay, they didn't want him to attack McIntyre again because he looked too strong last week. Honestly, I would have rather him attack McIntyre and cause a DQ in the tag match that we got later in this show because that pissed me off that we're still not. He values the mid-card titles more than the tag team titles, apparently terrorizing.
1: Yeah. All right. So I guess we're going to bounce around after all. Uh. So you know, let's just, let's just put all the drew and Uso stuff together here. So drew comes out. I thought he caught a caught a really, really good promo, Uh. you know, calling out Roman for needing basically the cavalry every single time Uh. that he needed to beat Brock Lesnar. And he beat Brock Lesnar clean in five minutes by himself. Love that. Totally makes sense. Everything's great. Scarlett. Comes out and distracts Drew for the Usos to come in. I I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Kind of a weird thing there. But then we get a bunch of different interactions between the Usos and Sami Zayn. Drew McIntyre beats up the Usos. Sami Zayn runs away to go get security. Uh, and then Zayn gets called out for being a chicken shit later. That sets up this tag team match that for whatever reason Mad Cat Moss comes down to help out Drew McIntyre. Let's not forget that these guys were rivals just four weeks ago. But okay, Madcap's a good guy now. Whatever. The Usos should not have lost this tag team match. They should not. Madcap Moss was right there to get pinned. And he should have been pinned. Otherwise, what's the point of putting him in this match? I know... You know, baby face, you're kind of building him up. He's not doing anything right now. He's not the guy who's getting a tag team title sh- or getting a world title shot. And he's also not one of your undisputed tag team champions who have been beating all of the tag teams. They should not be losing to Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. You could have pinned Moss and still done the exact same after the match BS that you did with Drew standing tall and Sami Zayn taking the bullet for Jay Uso, which I did like, by the way.
0: I would have rather them just do Jimmy Uso versus Drew McIntyre. Give me Jimmy Uso versus Drew McIntyre. Next week they're doing the face off between Drew and Roman. The week after they could have done Jey Uso versus Drew McIntyre. I'm sorry. When when Roman was at his best is when they used Jey Uso as kind of like his his meat shield to to take all the falls for whoever they were building up to verse Roman. But once they started basically not valuing the Uso's and the fact that Drew McIntyre plus random ass partner, whether he's feuding with them or feuded with them before, is now two and zero oh against the against the Uso's without even thinking about. A undisputed tag team title shot. This is why the Usos shouldn't have won as SummerSlam. Like I talked yeah. about last week, that it was a bad decision with the finish to live in Ronda. The more we get farther away from SummerSlam, the Usos going over the street profits seems like just as bad of a finish that Triple H chose to do as well.
1: Yeah, because I don't know what the end game is with the Usos now at this point. Because if you're going to have them lose to make Drew look strong ahead of his match with Roman, which, let's be honest, he's probably going to lose to Roman. So, okay, you're trying to make him look as strong as possible. I get it. But to the detriment of your undisputed tag team champions, and who's taking the belts off of the Usos right now? Because who's the top babyface tag team that's left that the Usos haven't defeated? It's technically Hit Row. It's technically hit row. Like, did it is hit row have they been brought in to win the undisputed tag team titles? I don't think so. Not right off the bat anyway. They're a welcomed addition. They definitely add some depth to the tag team division that's that's needed. Could Los Lotharios be the guy? They look like maybe those guys are gonna get a babyface push, maybe, kinda they, sort of, they, but
0: they lost to the usos people don't remember that but they lost to the usos too so at this point you're right it's hit row hit row has been brought in they brought in carrying cross to be positioned as the number two heel on this show and be in the main event scene and they brought in hit row this week to be the babyface tag team to eventually beat the usos i'm convinced
1: look my my idea of Sammy and Kevin Owens I think got chucked out the window when KO literally murdered Ezekiel this week. Uh I don't think we're going to see Ezekiel again like ever again. I think Triple H may just say, "Hey, go grow your beard back out, kid, and we'll bring Eli- Elias back at some point down the road." Uh I think uh yeah, we might see uh Lacey Evans again before we see Ezekiel again uh at, at this point. But yeah, man. I don't know. I think think it might be uh, Hit Row uh, at this point. Again, I'm glad they're back. I think, again, it's a nice, much-needed addition. It does just feel a little bit weird with Swerve not there, right? It feels like there's a, a key piece, major piece of the group missing, but I still think they have a shot to be successful. I see people in the chat saying no Swerve. They're not interested in Hit Row. I still think they have a lot to offer, but I can, I can, I can understand the position. I'm just saying, give them a shot here, but please let's stop trying to insert other athletes into the group. I saw so many people on Twitter sitting here saying call up Carmelo Hayes and put him in hit row so much so that Carmelo Hayes, 15 minutes after hit row was back was like, please stop putting me in this group. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not coming up to like, no disrespect. Happy all are here, but, Take my name out your mouth. It ain't going to be Carmelo Hayes. Then you got top dollar saying, hey, look, we're not we ain't looking for any other black athletes to add into this group. Stop it. We're going to be just fine on our own. So Swerve is good. He's doing his own thing. I think Hit Row has the the chance to be successful on their own as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Swerve is doing great in AEW right now. And Swerve in our glory with Keith Lee. You Steven, know, AEW.
1: stop it. Stop it, Stephen. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it.
0: AEW World Tag Team Champions. I'm happy for, you know, Top Dollar, Ashanti Diodonis, Toadie Miles, MB Fab, Brianna Brandi. I think they are... Very charismatic, they make a very charismatic trio. Uh, they were able to prove on the independent scene that this trio works on its own without swerve, and they can be very useful for this tag team division. And this tag team division needed more baby face death because I don't want to see the Usos versus the New Day 400. I'm sorry, I know I know all their <laughs> matches are good. I, I'm not saying they're not, but I, they've exhausted that that feud. They've exhausted the Street Profits versus the Usos. There's no RK Bro around. Yeah, um, so you, they they have ran out of the baby faces to verse the Usos. So sure, the hit row is not only great for the individual talent, but it comes at a great time for the tag team division in general, and they got a good reaction from the crowd tonight. Hopefully that can continue. They were put over very strongly by the commentary. I would say the commentary did a better job on this one night than they did the entire few weeks. They were on the main roster last year. So continue that. And maybe in a month or so, Hit Row will be ready to dethrone the Usos because I'm about over the usos as tag team champions right now so i'm here for hit row to get the win and i'm very happy that they're here
1: joseph saying man they need to leave carmelo and trick alone dudes are money by themselves if they wanted to bring carmelo and trick up separately on raw as a babyface tag team and put them in the the division that way i would be totally fine with that i like trick i like them together i do think carmelo is that dude though and i think if he comes up he's they're not going to be a tag team. He's going to be a singles competitor. Trick may come with him, but they ain't going to be a tag team. Uh, John saying Riddle to join Hit Row. That would actually be pretty. No, funny.
0: no. The best one that I heard is that the the new member of Hit Row is going to have bars, T bar, <laughs> T bar in Hit Row. Give me that money. That's money.
1: Oh, good God this uh ozzy asking where is queen Zelina? or uh yes yeah, queen vega queen Zelina vega uh she has been hurt uh hopefully she is making uh her way back soon she's been posting a lot of you know workout photos and things like that so hopefully uh she'll be coming back so let's talk about the uh the women's uh, division over on smackdown uh we had ronda rousey a uh unscheduled appearance for the baddest woman on the planet she comes through the crowd she's got it literally a sack full of money that she throws down on the contract signing table tonight says i was fined a lot of money whatever i doubled it i'm rich i can handle it bitch uh and then she attacks another security guard that sets up a nice little exchange there between her and Shayna, Shayna comes out. Shayna's like, you need to follow the rules. There are rules to this. And I'm like, aren't you the same one that literally bit Becky Lynch in the neck? But okay, let's forget about that for a second. Shayna's all about the rules now, which is probably why she, you know, at least that maybe that's their explanation for why her booking has gone to hell since the pandemic hit. Um, Rhonda just says, you used to be a killer. And then we got a little bit of that killer tonight. Uh, when she started going after Liv Morgan's injured arm tonight. I'm sorry. I know it's all about making the champ stand strong. There is no way in hell Liv should have got up after she got her arm stomped on. That used to debilitate and knock people out for weeks. And now Liv Morgan, whose arm is already hurt, gets stomped on, and yet she can do the stratisfaction through a table and then hold up her championship like nothing. That didn't make sense to me. Liv should have been out. Debilitated, we should have had question marks. We shouldn't have seen her for two weeks after she got that stomp tonight.
0: That was another horrible job of this. Like, like I said, like last week, this was they finished the finish to SummerSlam, coming back to haunt this SmackDown women's division. I think that the this whole segment was good. It was good. It was really good. Ronda Rousey came off like a badass babyface. Everybody thought that she was turning heel, but she's now more over than ever as a babyface. face is seeing from the reaction that she got her presentation, not smiling, coming out angry, coming out a little bit bitter over what happened at SummerSlam, you know, the baddest bitch on the on the planet, can just throw out money and she got the money to give it away. Attacking security guards. This is the most badass baby face that she's come off in a long, long time. The interaction with Shayna Baszler was great. Shayna came out, she cut a pretty good promo. Liv sounded confident on the mic, she sounded good, and then Shayna attacking the arm. All of that was great. Why the hell did we need Liv Morgan to stand tall here? We did not. And not in the, one of the worst-looking stratisfactions that I've ever seen. It was too... it was it just didn't table make too any far s- away. Exactly. It didn't make any sense. Like, how are you doing that? It was basically Shayna putting herself through the table. The because yeah. Shayna was in control of this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, she pushes Liv off the turnbuckle and then says... Oh, let me fall over here into the let table me, and then, let me, then me falls it was just,
1: let me carry her four feet and then put myself through the table yeah it was poor it was just
0: like poor positioning and it was just not needed all we needed was shana to attack the arm and live look vulnerable one more week if next week they want to live to stand tall then that's cool not the week after shana no, got a even- cheap victory a cheap victory in the gauntlet match no you know wwe booking they're never going to let the heel go get the heat every single week up into the pay-per-view. They got to balance it out by having the baby face stand tall one week. But this was not the week to do it. This was no. just poor. This was another right. poor choice with the Liv Morgan character as well as the SmackDown Women's division.
1: They had three weeks, right? They should have written Liv off for next week question question the match right whether or not she's going to be able to compete because here's the thing like uh somebody put it up here uh steven possible uh triple threat live ronda and Shayna. i think that's definitely a possibility for cardiff that ronda's going to get added to this match so okay you make the story next week we don't know if Liv's going to be clear to compete so ronda wants us wants in he, she wants ronda versus Shayna to declare those SmackDown Women's Championship and then you can have Liv come back the week after on the go home show and say hell yeah I'm here let's go triple threat match set it up that way Um, I think that would have made a ton more sense like this this was just weird like this was the same move and somebody else brought it up in the chat that made like Nia Jax who was one of the strongest booked women in like WWE history squeal like a stuck pig and Liv Morgan gets stomped on and now, now she's hitting Stratus Faction and I'm fine and I'm holding up the title. No, the whole thing, it was it was really good. I agree with you. It was really good right up until the finish. That was definitely a, uh, a weird thing to do. We got Kendo Kofi again tonight uh, attacking the Viking Raiders before uh, what was supposed to be a match with Ivar. Uh, Kofi ends up getting laid out on the stage. I was kind of expecting Hit Row to maybe... Debut there and helped Kofi out, but that didn't end up being the case. They just uh, they just end up getting a match of their own tonight. So not a whole lot to to write about there. But I will say this much, SP3. I wrote in big bold letters. I don't know if you can read that. Nope, you can't because my light's too bright. IC title vignette. They did the same thing that they did for the IC title that they did for the United States Championship on Raw, reminding folks how important this damn title used to be and how hopefully it will be moving forward. And then we get this big fight feel main event. I don't think it was a coincidence at all that Shinsuke Nakamura comes down in our main event tonight wearing black and gold. He goes up against Gunther. This was a very old school style match to me where it was just who can hit who harder. Is it Gunther with the fists? It was is it Nakamura with the kicks? And it definitely was Gunther with the fists. I think that second slap that he he freaking hit on Nakamura tonight, it was like Hulk in Avengers just getting shot out of his own body for a half second. I saw Nakamura's soul for a half second come out of his body on that second chop tonight. This was a really good match with some great false finishes. There was definitely some fire at the end. The the finish just fell a little bit flat to me. I felt like they needed one more Nakamura hope spot, but I can't complain. This is the, the most important that this Intercontinental Championship has felt in quite some time. They brought up the fact that Nakamura was a two-time Intercontinental Champion, which I guarantee people forgot about. Maybe not the second one, because it was very recent, but you definitely forgot about the first reign that he had. This was really, really good tonight. This was the massive step forward that this Intercontinental Championship needed. And not only that, but they seem to be also setting up potential opponents afterwards because Ricochet, who seems to be getting some renewed confidence, I thought he looked, again, very comfortable on the microphone that we saw out of Ricochet tonight, which we haven't seen in years. And then him and Corbin, maybe they're battling over who's next for the IC championship. It suddenly feels important again, and this was a great showcase uh, for, for everybody involved, honestly.
0: Everything they did with the Intercontinental Championship tonight gets a big thumbs up. The, the video package or you know reminding us of what they did with the US title on Monday Night Raw all the different champions that they mentioned throughout the night it builds up prestige for this uh title you know if Roman's not going to be around all the time the US and the Intercontinental Championship yes. should matter and that's what they've really devoted kind of these two shows to doing over you know this week and the last two weeks overall on Monday Night Raw and they did an excellent job of building up to this main event they had the two promos from shinsuke and and gunther they had a video package showing how we got here just the devotion to bringing this matchup was just great and the guys delivered it was a really good main event uh you know i'm not gonna go as far as saying that epic match uh, that's a little too far like you said if it would if it would have went a lot longer or hit like that next gear i think they yeah. were hitting they were hitting a nice little crescendo and then the match just ended. Ended. But I think that if they... If they run this back on a pay-per-view, it could be that type of, like, match of the year candidate because these two guys really mesh well with each other. You know, Gunther's got a style that Shinsuke is very accustomed to coming from Japan. Gunther would fit like a glove in Japan, and these two guys had a very good main event and a good way to kind of establish the Intercontinental Championship as something that matters under this new regime. Really enjoyed the matching. Yes, it was the best match of, of these two shows of AEW and WWE tonight.
1: Yeah, and it was one that we needed because, you know, after we had spent the last two weeks praising Triple H for the amount of wrestling that had been put in SmackDown and Raw under his watch until this match happened, this was a step backward tonight. It was a lot of what's happening behind the scenes, what's happening in the ring. But not matches tonight. Like we had our opening match, that was great. That was about ten minutes, and then I don't think we got our next match. Like the Hit Row match didn't start till about the top of the hour. There was just a lot of stuff that was going on, a lot of story, which I'm cool with, right? I'm a story guy, but I also want to see good pacing on the matches, and I think we saw pacing issues tonight as well because they said our main event is next at 9:25, and then it didn't start until 9:43, and I'm like we could have used that extra five minutes just could have used that extra five minutes. Cause it definitely felt like the boys got the, all right, we need to go home signal. Like just as it was really starting uh, to get good. Uh, one thing uh, before we move on that uh, I skipped over that I do bears bear mentioning here. I don't know why I'm as excited as I am for Los Lotharios and maximum male models, possibly feuding with one another I think it has everything to do with Angel Garza because you we, we've we talked about ad nauseum like these different people that should get their their booking better or should get pushed better or better presented. Everybody from Pete Dunne to Dude Drop to Ciampa to uh, T-Bar, right? And repackaged and renamed and, and reconfigured and everything like that. Put Angel Garza right up there, man. Like, if y'all don't know... This guy is a star. Like, he has got everything you want. This guy has more charisma than Vince McMahon knew what to do with. And just the fact that it looked like they're going to do something, not only with Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, but also with maximum male models. Like, now we're actually going to get into wrestling with Triple M there, and they're already, like, laying the seeds between brother and sister. All of a sudden, like, I'm interested in where this is going to go. And the more screen time that Angel actually gets is going to be a good thing. So I think that was a very positive step moving forward for all of those people involved as well.
0: And I think this is one thing that me and Dutch has said from the very beginning with Maximum Bam models. Like I said, the first week was good and it was entertaining but every week since then it's been like what's the end goal how are we gonna progress this and this was the first time that we got some actual progression we know who they're gonna feud with first and if it's uh, you know anhel garza and, and Roberto Guerrero, i'm all here for it i think they can have pretty good matches with the talent that's in there and i like this little progression that was a,
1: another highlight of the show uh, we got some breaking news. Frantic World uh, turned it on to me here. Tony Khan tweeted it. Parker Boudreaux has officially signed with AEW. He has got the graphic. He is there. He got the win over Sonny Kiss tonight. Uh, we will talk about Mr. Parker uh, coming up here uh, in just a few moments. But let's transition now over to Rampage tonight. Uh, not a lot to talk about, uh, on this show. Headline wise, uh, Andy Wilson. Uh, yes. For those who are tuning in late, uh, Dutch is sick this evening. Uh, hopefully he will be back. We hope he gets better. Uh, so that is where, uh, Dutch is at, but don't worry. You still got me and you got SP three for a few more minutes here as we trans- transition now, uh, into rampage. The show started off hot, started off really hot. And typically when I say that about a rampage show, I'm talking about a match. We we flipped it. We started with a match on SmackDown. We started with a promo on Rampage. It is typically the opposite that we see there. But Brian Danielson in the ring, talking about how somebody is going to have to physically remove him from the world of professional wrestling because he is never going to willingly walk away, still puts over Daniel Garcia, despite Garcia's threats to end his career. And then they end this brilliant promo exchange between the two of them with a fairly obvious tease of could Daniel Garcia be leaving JAS to join the BCC. I loved all of this. I love Daniel Bryan saying the only thing that pisses me off more than somebody trying to end my career is this sports entertainment shit. Uh, <laughs> just because he has always been about pro wrestling. You got to love that about Brian Danielson. I loved every bit of this opening segment between him And Daniel Garcia, that put Garcia over big time. Even though, at the end, he kind of hung his head down there a little.
0: Yeah, because the words that Brian said got to him. Because Brian, this he that was a lot of real. And when you can name some real stuff in in your promo it makes everything else real even if everything else is a storyline if you put one real thing and that's him saying that he saw daniel garcia in a at an independent show in front of 250 people have a 60 minute matchup and that was with willie yuda for the iwtv championship and they tore it up for 60 minutes and that was when Brian Danielson was like, hey, I want Will Utah and I want Daniel Garcia to be a part of this Blackpool Combat Club. I want to do stuff with them in AEW after he saw that matchup. So I like that he was able to say that. And it's so rare. You know, it's something where, you know, WWE, when they start off a show like SmackDown with a match, even though we said, you know, the match had some good things and some bad things. Overall, it felt like a, a breath of fresh air because because. because it's something different because they always start off with a promo where AEW was the adverse of that They always start off with a match So starting off with a promo felt like A breath of fresh air and yeah. seeing Brian Danielson healthy after You know the injury that kept him out Of action after double or nothing And you know the, the match that he had That he had a lot of people scared that he was Really hurt again it was nice to see him Back and he brought that passion In his promo and he Not only had the reel when he was talking To Garcia he had the real when He was talking in the ring alone talking about he's gonna need someone to physically take him away from wrestling because i believed every word he said when he said that and it scared me a little bit being a huge fan of brian danielson that he is 100 serious when he says that but Love this promo exchange, and I'm really looking forward to this match. Best two out of three falls. Their last match was one of the best TV matches for AEW this year. I think this TV match might be even better than that, and we'll be
1: talking about it as a match of the year candidate coming out of Wednesday. Uh, Ricky's saying that Daniel will, says will end up in the BCC uh, at some point. I don't know if it's going to come out of here, but you go ahead.
0: I would love if this is like the next like version of this story, because you still see that we still getting Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club. And I think we're gonna get Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho at all out since we're getting yeah. this Garcia and Danielson on Wednesday. If they can do something like if Brian beats Jericho at all out, Garcia can exactly. join. Ju- a- to join blackpool combat club or in jericho says you know if i win someone from blackpool combat club has to join jas i think that would be a cool stipulation
1: yeah like you couldn't do like moxley right like you couldn't say moxley has to join the jas although i think that would be hilarious if they did do that and john's just like you better not fucking lose (laughs) but maybe yeah like a or or just do like a custody ladder match right like all right let's do a ladder match (laughs) We'll do the Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Dominic ladder match, but instead of Dominic, it's going to be for Daniel Garcia. I think there's a lot of fun things that you can do. Regardless, uh, Brian Danielson's about to have a really good month uh, in the world of uh, professional wrestling. This match with Daniel Garcia is going to be insane uh, on Wednesday. So let's talk about Mr. Parker Boudreaux, uh, who squashed Sunny Kiss uh, tonight and then in the main event uh, laid out uh, Orange Cassidy after he defeated Ari Daivari which is obviously this is all building up for their trios match in the first round of that uh, those that trios tournament. Um what what are they called Trustbusters? They 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 really seem to be putting uh, some energy behind Trustbusters here. I think it's just to make people care about this opening round matchup. I don't think that these guys have a chance in hell of winning over the best friends, do they? Do they?
0: They better not, cause this seemed like AEW had like 10 or 15 different trios to the point that when I saw that graphic of the bracket and I saw the trustbusters there, I'm like, you didn't have another trio to put in here besides the trustbusters, and I had to spend this Friday night seeing them try to build up the trustbusters, and I'm all for people getting jobs. Congratulations to Parker Bodore. But This is someone who is what I would like to call a long-term project. He is a project. He is not ready. He is very green. Sunny kids did his best to make him look as good as possible. Um, Sunny Kiss is very talented, and I'm glad she is back on TV. Uh, I'm even interested in her, you know, turning heel at the end of the night. I thought that was very interesting, and it's something that started off on AEW Dark that they paid off on their actual television. God bless to that. It gives people a reason to watch AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. So I'm all here for that. But yeah, Parker Bordeaux is a project from what I've seen yeah. on the show.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things I want to, definitely want to pull up. Uh, Steven says, book Wardlow versus Parker. No, uh, not for at least two years uh, because Wardlow would murder uh, that man. And and here's one thing, and no disrespect. To, I don't mean this like as, as a bad thing, right? Like, I don't want you to think that I'm making fun of you for bringing up this because, uh, Steve, a lot of people have said this. Parker is the next Brock Lesnar, but AEW's version of it now. Let's stop that because that is a very, unfair comparison Brock Lesnar came in after going through OVW and was ready for the main event scene like total freak absolute freak of nature muscle coming out everywhere this guy could do everything right he was ready Parker is not Parker has got a lot of work to do He the, the first things first the man's got to get his feet underneath them because it doesn't seem like He knows how many steps or the distance that he needs to take to get to the corner, right? Or to get to the ropes, which is a hard thing. All right. Like I've done this in my training. If I'm in a 14 foot ring, it takes me about three and a quarter steps to get to the ropes. So that is difficult for me to find a flow. He needs more reps. He needs to get his flow. This I'll say this much. AEW is presenting him the right way. This is what WWE should have done with him in NXT from the get go from the get go but he definitely has uh, a lot of work that needs to be done. And it's really unfair to say that he's going to be the next Brock Lesnar just because he kind of looks like him, right? He kind of looks like him. The similarities stop there. So please, for this kid's sake, let's stop calling him the next Brock Lesnar. Please, let's stop doing it.
0: Yeah, he's he's not the next Brock Lesnar. He's he's value Brock Lesnar. We can call him that for now. But uh, yeah, he ain't the next.
1: Mom, um, can we get Brock Lesnar? We got Brock Lesnar at home. That, that, that is exactly. Yep. yep.
0: I can make you Brock
1: Lesnar. Don't I can, worry. I don't worry. Yeah, no, no. I, I'll make you McDonald's at home. We got that. No, no problems there. Uh, we did have uh, a pretty entertaining uh, mixed tag team title match uh, tonight. The A mixed titles, uh, Sammy and uh, Ty Mello. All right. That's that's new. Got to get got to get that worked into the rotation. Now, uh, this was all right. But I thought the ending was absolute fire with Tay hitting the Tornado DDT on Dante Martin, then Sky Blue hitting the Hurricane Rana on Sammy, and she walks right into a super kick and a tie KO. I thought that was a very well thought out, well-timed finish that, again, I think is going to make me think that that match was better than what it actually was, because you always remember the finish more importantly than anything, and I thought they nailed it.
0: Yeah, I think I said it right on Twitter. It was a decent match with a hot finish. The yeah. finish, the last, like, two minutes was really, really good. The rest Old of the busted, match was...
1: And then the new hotness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the, the
0: the rest of the match was fine. It was fine for what it was. But when Dante Martin got going, when Sky Blue actually got involved into the matchup, it got really good. So I did enjoy that. And this was... The best match on this show i would say between this and the main event
1: yeah i i I would agree with that and i think orange cassidy tends to make a a lot of the main events that he was in the the opening part there uh in that main event by the way where he's just rolling away in every different direction was hilarious i if seriously i don't get much like the people who don't like carrying cross i don't understand the people who don't like uh orange cassidy uh s p three, not only are you a a wrestling Dutch mantel approved wrestling historian. You know everything about the world of professional wrestling, you also uh are the reality TV expert and the resident expert on Smack Talk here. So, who the fuck is Zach Clayton? and why should I give a hell that he is wrestling hook for the FTW championship? <laughs>
0: Okay, so let me explain this. We only got a few minutes for me to explain this. So Zach Clayton, for anyone who is a big fan of Jersey Shore or was a fan of Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore say, is that had about six... Sick? had 6 seasons from 2009 to 2012. I believe it only went 3 years but they had 6 seasons. Um yeah, and you know, they had their whole core group. So then in 2019 they decided to bring it back because it was a wildly popular show, probably arguably behind The Real World and The Challenge is one of the most popular shows in MTV history and they had their family vacation. So Jay-Wow was married to some dude right named Roger who she had. Had kids with but they had a bad breakup and she started dating this guy that they called 24 and he eventually got his real name which is zach clayton and they you know had their relationship throughout these past now they're on six seasons of of family vacation and now they're getting engaged they're engaged uh now zach clayton and jay wow so he's the now the stepfather of our kids they're getting married so he's a reality television star so you know what that means hook is gonna be on jersey shore family vacation it all comes together hook is gonna be an mtv superstar you had the situation you had puck and now you got hook
1: yeah so wait what happened to situation didn't he go to jail
0: yeah and then he came out he cleaned up his whole life he he became the inspiration uh, and yeah, the situation is actually is actually a good dude now. When he's not being the old situation and the instigation and stirring the pot, he's a good dude. So, and he was actually at a AEW show. So I'm hoping the cast is in the crowd for Zach Clayton's big match next week on Rampage against Hook. I can't wait to see Hook on on Jersey Shore. Family Vacation is one of the rare shows me and my my misses watch together. And i can't wait to tell her that that's taz's kid hook the racially ambiguous god
1: so in my shoot job right i work at a radio station i'm sure a lot of you know that i've talked about it before um a lot of reality tv nuts uh in the newsroom the faces that i was making while you were talking about all those reality whatever things that were going on i'm pretty sure Those are the exact same faces that my co-workers make when I talk about professional wrestling. So now the shoe is, you know, I I see what those I see what I look like now, at least. So we we got all that going on there. So, okay, that's why I should hear about television
0: all day. Reality television, 90 Day Fiance. Give me Big Ed in AEW. Give me Big, Big Ed in AEW. I'm here for it.
1: I can't hate on reality TV because I watch professional wrestling, which is just as scripted as reality TV is. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. Like what you like and screw off to anybody who gives you shit can't for it.
0: Wait to see Hook get, go GTL. Jim Tannen Laundry. Jim Tan Laundry. He's from New York. Embrace the GTL.
1: Okay. Last thing that we need to talk about here before we wrap up. Gun Club defeats Beardhausen tonight. I thought my, they might give Eric Redbeard a win here, but uh, no, uh, Dan Housen gets beat again because it looks like this looks like what it's going to be Danhausen's role, right? He's going to be a comedy character. He's going to lose a lot of matches. Occasionally, he'll win something, uh, but I don't ever see him really getting a push because why would TK push him? Because he's over as hell and he's going to get massive pops no matter what they they do with him because he's funny. So this was actually all about the gun club. Ass boys, get the win over the guy who started the ass boy uh actually it was peter avalon who started the ass boys thing but dan Housen took it to the next level billy though berates his sons because he had to help them win this match and then once again we get stokely trying to hand the business card off to the gun club stokely's handing out a lot of business cards here lately sp3 the one to um Oh my God! I can see his fit, uh, Ethan. Ethan Page, the the one to him, really, really intrigued me. What do you think is the end game here with Stokely? Because he is handing out business cards left and right here to AEW talent. <laughs>
0: Stokely is trying to assemble a squad so he can go after all the titles if he gets the gun club That can get him the aew world tag team titles the roh world tag team titles if he gets ethan page Maybe ethan page can go after the roh world championship or the tnt title again Lee Moriarty can go after the roh peer championship or the tv title he, he just is collecting a squad. He's already got the tbs champion the bad. Batty, you know, interim Batty situation didn't work out well for him. So now he's trying to assemble a real squad. I'm here for Stokely, the recruiter.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, can we get Snooki? Uh, can we get Snooki a business card? Is Snooki going to be on on AEW next week? Give me,
0: Snooki, give me Snooky, give me Snooky, give me Paulie D, and give me Situation in the crowd next week at AEW in Charleston, West Virginia. We're going to get the cast of Jersey Shore and a Kenny Omega return on, ne- on next week AEW television. I'm all here for it. Where is AEW next week? Charleston, West Virginia.
1: They're wasting Kenny Omega's return in West Virginia? jesus all right on that note thank you guys so much for everybody who tuned in uh again uh we appreciate everybody who stayed with us even though dutch wasn't here tonight that means a lot to us uh dutch will hopefully be back better than ever healthy next week all three of us the trio will ride again maybe we'll enter that trio's tournament maybe we'll take out trust busters and maybe we'll enter it dutch will have to do most of the heavy lifting i'm sure that'll work out really really well we appreciate all you guys uh thank you so much we'll be back next week this is uh Vince smack talk on the sports kid wrestling youtube twitter facebook all that good stuff enjoy your weekend everybody